NBA on NBC. What is up, everybody? This is Jim Mollock. You're listening to Pot of Fame, the podcast where we break down the careers of former athletes and decide whether or not they're going to call to the hall. On today's podcast, we're talking about former NBA point guard Fat Lever and whether or not he should be in the Basketball Hall of Fame and joining us in just a moment to discuss Fat's career and Hall of Fame candidacy is Atlanta-based journalist Danelle Suggs. But before I bring Danelle on, let's talk a little more about Fat. God, I'm not going to get used to that, but it's a great nickname. Lafayette's his real name, everybody. So Fat Lever played in the NBA from 1982 to 1994. During his career, he averaged 14 points per game, about six assists and six rebounds to go along with 2.2 steals per game, which is still the fifth highest steals per game average in NBA history. Shot 45% from the field for his career, 31% from three and 77% from the free throw line. And for his career at 10,433 career points, 4,696 career assists and 4,523 rebounds to go along with 1,666 steals. He was a triple-double guy. 43 in in his, or I'm sorry, 43 for his career, 11th in NBA history. And actually, he was much higher in that list just a few years ago. When he retired, only Oscar Robertson, Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, and Larry Bird were ahead of him. He was fifth all-time when he retired with 43 triple-doubles. He even led the league in triple doubles in 1986 with 16. And again, think about who was playing then. Magic and Larry were playing then. Still led the league in triple doubles in 1986. And just to show you, like for his career, right? He, he played from what, 80, 82 to 94. During that time, he was top 20 in steals nine times, assists six times, and rebounds three times. He really was an all-around threat, and played for some really good Nuggets teams uh, that will seem to be in the playoffs making noise for a good chunk of the late eight, uh, 1980s. So Fat Lever, uh, one of the best names in NBA history and one of the best all-around triple-double threats in NBA history, is someone we don't talk about much today, has really never been on the Hall of Fame's radar, and that's why we're talking about him today, because as you can tell, quite a resume... Um, and I didn't mention this at the top, but I want to mention now he was top 10 in MVP voting two different seasons in the eighties, 1987, 1988. And if you look at those top 10 MVP, uh, voting years, everyone's a hall of famer. And then there's fat lever in there. So his name is on a lot of lists where he's the one name that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, uh, today, Danelle and I are going to talk about, you know, whether or not he is just really, an outsider among all these greats, or does he belong to be in the conversation with the, you know, Magics, Larrys, and all these other kind of triple threats that played in the NBA in the 80s as well as throughout history? So we have a great podcast for you today. Uh, Fat Lever is someone that does not definitely does not get his due. So I'm glad we got to record. So with the quick facts out of the way, let's bring on Danelle. Right, so I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Atlanta-based journalist Danelle Suggs. Danelle, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. It's beautiful out today. It's a great day to talk hoops. 
Yeah, I was just commenting. It looks way nicer over by you than it does by me. Today, we are talking about Lafayette Lever. If you don't know who I'm talking about there, we're talking about Fat Lever. And if you still don't know who I'm talking about, that's probably why we're doing the podcast today. Fat Lever, one of the better point guards of the 80s who honestly gets talked about by, I feel like, no one today, but has a very had a very great basketball career and does have a case for the Hall of Fame, which is why we are talking about him today. So, you know, first things first on any podcast I do, I say to you, when you think of Fat Lever, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? I mean, triple doubles, triple doubles. I know they're all the rage now, but in the mid 80s, everyone wasn't getting those. Only a certain amount of players were getting Larry Bird, Magic Johnson. You know, Michael Jordan had a nice strong one in 88. Fat was doing that in Dallas and Denver for almost a whole decade. He was, he was good for five to 10 triple doubles a year. He was that versatile. He was great. So triple doubles come to mind instantly. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's shocking, right? Because if you look, like nowadays, and this is nothing against Russell Westbrook or anything like that, but I feel like Russell Westbrook, not even his fault, but just how everyone's looking at him, he is cheap in the triple-double because they look at when Russell does like, well, he's hunting for the triple-double. doesn't mean anything. However, I still feel like when Luka gets it or LeBron gets one, we still care. So it seems that to me at least, being a case-by-case basis, I still I feel like it matters. I feel like a triple-double matters. If you're taking, you know, you're scoring, you're rebounding, you're, you're doing a bit of everything, it matters a lot. And again, back in the 80s, again, when Oscar was doing in the 60s, that was not even a term, right? He, he just went out there, did his thing, and Oscar racked up 181 triple-doubles, second all-time. It wasn't really until Magic Johnson kept doing it in the beginning of the 80s, everyone's like, oh, this is pretty neat. Let's coin this the triple-double. Ice Cube puts in the song, now we all care about it. But it was really in the 80s, it was Magic and Larry doing it. But Fat Lever was right behind him. When, when he retired, where, where do you think he was all time in NBA history when he retired um, in the early 90s? Fifth. So he was fourth. Uh, the so, so. only yeah. people ahead of him. Again, the only, actually, no, you're right. It is fifth. I forgot Oscar. No. The, he no. was fifth. Magic, Oscar, Wilt. Larry Bird, that's it. Then Fat Lever. I mean, think of those <laughs> names he was among. And think about the fact that he missed uh, 78 games in 1991, did not play 92-93 season. Those are two seasons he missed and still had all those triple-doubles. Yeah, and, and I guess, and we'll get to this probably a little later, but that might be the biggest knock on, on Fat Lever's career. When he, when he was playing, one, one of the best in the league. He only played 752 career games, though, and, you know, near the end of his career, I mean, after the age of 29, it kind of just fell off with injuries, and then he retired, and it all happened really suddenly, and again, I think if he has three or four more healthy seasons, he gets higher up on those all-time rankings, and maybe even with the early 90s, just more and more people watching the NBA, maybe that's someone we talk about a little more, but we'll talk about that a little later, so Right. I do want to move on to our next segment. We call this That Memorable Moment. And all we try to do here is we look at Fat Lever's career, and it can be really anything you want. It can be his best season, his best playoff series, best game, best play. Really up to you. We're very liberal here. What mm -hmm. would you say his most memorable moment was? 
Well, this one sticks out to me because when I wrote about him for Slam Magazine, he hadn't been written about in 20 years. So he was happy to tell me all kinds of stuff. And we got into talking about a game in uh, September, maybe, in 88, when they played the Bulls. So this is young Jordan. The Bulls team wasn't what they would be in about four more years. But still, it's Michael Jordan at his apex. That same year, he averaged 38 points a game. Fat Lever had a 31-16 rebound, 12 assists, 6 steal game. One game, 31 points, 16 rebounds, 12 assists, and 6 um, steals. And he can remember that game off the top of his head when we were just talking and shooting the mess about his career. And he was like, that night, I couldn't – everything was going my way. I'm like, everything. He had 16 rebounds. Imagine a guard today getting 16 rebounds and still having the time to get 12 assists and six steals. Forget the fact that he had 31. Like, it was ama- it's an amazing game that gets lost in all the games the NBA has played because it's like it was Denver-Chicago in the winter in yeah. Chicago Stadium. Nobody cares. But he, he, he was a guy amazing. that flirted with – I mean, he flirted with the quadruple-double that night, right? Four steals yes. away. And he guarded Jordan that night. That was his assignment. A young Jordan, like a prime-time, prime-time Jordan. And he guarded him and gave him a tough time. So imagine having that responsibility on defense and still leading your team in assists, rebounds, and steals. Unbelievable. So if anyone wants to watch that game, I actually, when I was doing a little prep for this, that game is very much in on YouTube. It is. And it, it's it is. cut just for fat levers. So right. if you listen today and you're like, that guy sounds awesome. I've never heard of him. I've never seen him play. That whole game is online. Highly recommend it. That's an excellent way to begin your education, I think, on Lafayette Lever here. Um, the only other game, and again, he had over 40 triples during his career. Um, that's one of the best, I would say. And again, four steals away from a quadruple-double. Uh, and we're, we're probably getting to how good of a – how great of a stealer he was because his all-time ranking in terms of steals per game, things like that, is one of the best in NBA history. Yeah. Um, a game I jot down to is actually one of his three triple doubles he had in the playoffs. Um, I go back to 1985 game one, Western conference semifinals nuggets beat the jazz one thirty one thirteen. This is the year the nuggets actually get to the Western conference finals. Yes. Uh, you know, lever Alex English, those great nuggets teams, they mm-hmm. lose to the Lakers. But again, that's like a, one of everyone all-time. was everyone was, was right. Which again, maybe that's why we don't, hear about those 80s Nuggets teams as much because Magic and the Lakers were just getting the finals every year. Yeah, every year. But, you know, they made it there. Um, anyway, in this game, game one, he drops a 19.16 board, 18 assists game with eight O boards. Again, he's a – he okay, he's listed at six foot three on, like, basketball reference. I've been told he was more like six foot, six foot one. You – what would you say? Do you think he was a legit 6'3", or is he a little smaller than that? And he and when I interviewed him, he laughed about that. He was like, that's that's getting me in some sneakers and getting me on my best day. Like, everyone was giving the guards that weren't really small, they were giving them a little bit more. Like, Isaiah Thomas is always listed at 6 foot, and he's really a 6'1", whereas Fat Lee was listed at 6'3", and he might be a legitimate 6'1". So it was yeah. like, you know, getting him in between. It helped him out a lot when it was time to get drafted, obviously, being a big guard. But uh, mm-hmm. no, nah, he was like, that's that's on my best day. Yeah. So again, point guard, smaller. And this is, again, please remember everyone. This is the 80s. This is 1985. The centers are enormous down low. The power forwards are elbowing you in the face at every opportunity. It's not small ball. There's no six foot six, six foot seven centers down low. 
These are grown men down low. And Lever is getting 16 boards in this game, eight offensive. So anyway, a 19-16-18. Why am I talking about this game? Because it was, you know, only the second round. He's only still today, in this day, he's still one of only four players in NBA history to have a triple-double in the playoffs with over 15 points, 15 boards, 15 assists. Wow. The other three, and again, these are all-timers. The other three to do it. Wilt Chamberlain in 1967 when he, you know, put up a casual 16.30 board, 19 assist game. Uh, Jason Kidd did it in 2007, 16 points, 16 boards, 19 assists. And then LeBron actually just did it, 2020, 23.17 boards, 16 assist game. That is it. So again, Wilt, Jason Kidd, LeBron James, Fat Lever. It, it, that means something. It has to mean something. Yes, it has to. Look at the company he's in. All that kind of company he's in, there's a reason for that. And I think playing in Dallas and playing in Denver in the 80s is the reason why we don't have these conversations about him. Really. There, there was no league pass back in the uh, 1980s. No, there was not. No, there was not. And NBC, uh, actually CBS had the, um, the contract first. They weren't going to put the Denver Nuggets on TV on a Saturday afternoon when the Lakers were available or the Celtics were available. It was all about getting people in front of the TV. So I get it. No. And that's a hundred percent, right? Like if you, if you talk to anyone who watched basketball in the eighties, you're like, list the teams you cared about. I don't know how far down the nuggets are going to be, but they would be way down. I mean, when you think of eighties basketball, you of course think uh, immediately Lakers and you think of Boston, but then, but then I'm thinking of, you're thinking of the Sixers. You're thinking of the young bulls. You're thinking of Dominique in the in the Atlanta Hawks. You were right. thinking of so many other teams before you get to the Nuggets. But the Nuggets in the late 80s, they were one of the highest scoring, if not the highest scoring team in the league. There's some years they're averaging 118, 117 points per game. They were fun basketball. It's just no one was really talking about basketball in Denver yet. They were good for 50-plus wins every year during the 80s. I play on team all the time. It's just that in the West, you're going to run into Magic Johnson at one point, and you're not going to win that. And only Houston, I'm trying to think, doing that Magic, that, that 80 to 90. Just Houston. I, just Houston. And that was even in seven games or six games. That wasn't even like um, a big disparity. So if, if, if that was on one of those really, really good teams, that would have helped him a lot. That, yeah. that hurt his case a lot. And for younger listeners, just think of um, what LeBron going to nine straight finals. That was, that was kind of what the Lakers were doing in the West. You just, you didn't get past that. Or in the nineties in the East, the bulls were getting to the finals. That's just kind of how it worked. That's a great analogy. That's a great analogy. That's similar. So uh, again, people don't talk about the nuggets from the eighties. There are reasons why, but if you really look at it, um, you know, they were a very good team. Again, Alex English just got left off the NBA 75 list. And I think that's because, I mean, he was the highest, he had the most points in the 1980s. Right. And people don't know that because he was on that Nuggets team. Fat Lever was the second best player on those teams. So if no one's remembering Alex English, Fat Lever is going to definitely be that. kind of forgotten about. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I do want to move to our next segment, though. We call this And Twins. And what we try to do here is we look at the Hall of Fame today. We look at who's in it today. 
and we say, and it's never perfect, but if you had to say Fat Lever had a twin in the Hall of Fame, who would you say that twin was? And I will tell you before you answer, I, I really struggle with this one today. So I'm interested to see who, who you came up with. Yeah, because I had a hard time with this. And I'm and what who I select is not gonna be is gonna be frowned upon by a lot of people, but I really had a hard time with this because there was a five, six year window where fat was so dominant again for Denver that I mean the really, really good pros were saying, Oh, I don't want to deal with that guy today. Like Isaiah Thomas is on record as saying, I, I hated dealing with him. I'm I'm just so happy he only saw him twice a year. That's how tough he was. I put Fat Lever. Uh, his twin in the Hall of Fame and this is going to sound crazy because it really kind of doesn't those two players are different but Magic Johnson without the winning forget the winning for a minute forget the winning and how he changed the game the player the player was on the team and if he was on your court your team won he led your team in assists probably steals was one of the better rebounders and scored when he had to that was Fat Lever Denver was a very winning team in the 80s Fat Lieber was always in the top two or three in scoring, was one in assists, was one in rebound or two in rebounding, and was definitely the number one in steals. And I feel like Magic Johnson, stat-wise, to get the winning for a moment, is his twin. Now, Magic had more assists, but Fat Lieber probably had more rebounds, at least during the 80s. And I know he probably had more steals, so they were very close. And Magic wasn't a big scorer until he had to. Magic would give you a 30-point game when he needed it, and that was Fat would do. He would give you a 30-point game, or he'd give you a 19, like you mentioned. And I feel like that's a twin, but you just can't take away the fact that Magic Johnson saved the NBA. So he'll always be on Mount Rushmore. But man, stat-wise, those guys are very, very similar in that aspect. I'm glad that's the way you went. You're braver than me. I was afraid yeah. of Lakers fans coming to murder me at my house. And they will. And if they I, will. If I, if I said to... anything like that. But but you are you are correct. We We've already talked a little bit about the, the all-around play of Fat Lever and where he ranks on the list when he retired. And, and he, you know, he, he, it was him, Larry, and Magic Johnson getting right. the triple doubles in that time. And he was filling up the stat sheet. And if you look at players now, um, you know, down the line, maybe we'd compare him more to a, a Russ or someone like that. But right now in the Hall of Fame, Ma- Magic Johnson lines up in terms of what he was doing the basketball court. And again, you had the caveat without the winning. And that's perfectly fair. If you look again, we named the list of some of these players, like whoever you're going to name him against, he, his name is among some of the best players of all times when it comes to that all around play. Again, the top, mm. the top 10 list today for triple doubles, it's Russ Westbrook, Oscar Robertson, Magic Johnson, Jason Kidd, LeBron, Wilt Chamberlain, Nikola Jokic, James Harden, Larry Bird, Luca, then fat lever, then Bob Cousy. Like, these are the names that, that you've got to have to talk about. So I was afraid to do that. I love that you did that. And again, for that stretch from like 84, 85 through 90, Fat Lever was putting up, he was putting up 19 points, eight assists, nine boards, like very similar numbers to Magic. What I did is I kind of took a completely different approach. I looked at the 80s and I looked at, you know, who were some of the better point guards in that era. And I want, I want my caveat will be the style of play is very different, but in just terms of like who else was playing in that time, who is not the caliber of a Magic Johnson or Isaiah Thomas, but who's in the Hall of Fame that's more close to Fat Lever in terms of career. And I went with Mo Cheeks, 
who just got in the Hall of Fame in 2018, who was a four-time All-Star, five-time All-Defensive team. And you look at you look at their career numbers, and I mean, Fat Lever had scored more points per game, more rebounds per game, more steals per game. Assists is almost the same. If you look at their advanced metrics, I mean, Fat Lever was better box plus minus, defensive plus minus, offensive plus minus. Win shares, Cheeks roughly gets him. The thing yeah. that puts Cheeks way over the top on Fat Lever is he's a part of probably one of the greatest teams of all time, that 1983 Sixers team, which four of those players are in the Hall of Fame today. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that team. No one knows the Nuggets. Um, and, and then he just played longer. He had more yeah. longevity. So his steals numbers, he got over 2,000 steals. His assist numbers, he got to the totals of the Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm. That's where he beats him. But in terms of like who is better in the 80s, Cheeks or Fat Lever, talent-wise, <laughs> I'm taking Fat Lever. I mean, to you, if I just pose that question to you, Cheeks or Fat Lever from a talent standpoint at their peak, who is better? Who are you picking? If I, if I can just pull a year out, I'll just put one year out. I'll take 88 or 86 or 87. I'm taking a fat lever. On that team in 83, fat lever doesn't hurt that Sixers team. Well, no one was. Moses Malone was out of his world at that time. So fat lever on that Sixers team is even more deadly, to be honest with you. So God bless Mo Cheeks, and I'm glad he's in the whole thing. He deserves it. But fat lever wouldn't have hurt that Sixers team. They might have even won again the next year because Dr. Yeah. J was getting, getting on in years. And that would have helped to have a fat lever there to lift up some of that scoring. Mochik was not a big scorer. Fat was a better scorer. And Mochik wasn't known as a shooter. And Fat could shoot from the perimeter. So that would have been a better Sixers team the very next year or that year if they had um, fat lever. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're going to get to 80s point guards in our final segment here. So that's actually kind of a perfect segue here. Let's go to our final segment. We call this court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And what we do here, it's very loose conversation, but we talk about kind of, you know, the pros for his Hall of Fame can't see, which we've been dabbling in. And then we talk about maybe what's holding him back, which again, we, we've dabbled in. So, I, you know, I feel like we've, we've hit on the triple-double member of, you know, everyone that's in that top 10 is like an all-time great first ballot Hall of Famer and then there's Fat Lever. So we've kind of covered that a lot. What I wanted to cover, and we've grazed on this, is, you know, him as a defensive player. He, he made one all-defensive second team um, in his career. He was always at the top of the, you know, steals list when he was playing and was getting, you know, to the top of his list. His career average of 2.3 steals per game is fifth all-time wow. in NBA history. When you look back at, at the 80s and him as a defender, you know, do you see him as someone who is just because again, steals numbers sometimes can be deceiving. You know, you're you're only looking for steals, you're taking chances, you're not locking people down. Did you see him as someone that was just kind of, you know, a really good guy at, you know, stealing the basketball, taking it other way, but he wasn't the best, you know, one-on-one defender? Or was he like a, you know, I'm trying to think today, like a a Patrick Beverly or a a Drew Holiday, was he kind of that yeah. shutdown point guard? What what would you say he was more like? Drew Holiday is literally built the same way as Fat is. Big hands, 6'3-ish. I think Drew's a little taller than that, but whatever. Big guard, unselfish. Fat Lee was a better shooter than Drew Holiday was. I think Drew Holiday's a better ball handler. I think guys just handle the ball better now 
just because the game has evolved. But that's a great that's a great analogy of a guy who I would consider a twin that's in the league right now. Now Drew doesn't get a ton of triple doubles because he's not out there searching for numbers like Russell Westbrook is and a lot of other guys. But that Fat Lever was an on-ball defender. Like if you if he was on you, you were in trouble because now you had to work. And then on top of that, you had to guard him on the other side. That the, the night that he um had 31, 16, and 12 and six steals against the Bulls, he guarded Jordan. Jordan didn't guard him. He didn't want to because I, I, I that's too much to deal with. I already have to score. I don't want to deal with Fat Lever. That's how good he was. Jordan was guarding Michael Adams. Michael Adams was about five eight, I think, five seven. And he said, I'm not dealing with Fat Lever on both sides of the ball. So Drew Holiday reminds me of him so much, a guy that will score 12 points tonight, but he had seven assists, seven rebounds, five steals, and his team won. And that was fat. Those teams won. What hurt him for the all-defensive selection was he wasn't, he wasn't one of the guys that were playing for the Boston Celtics. He wasn't one of the guys that were playing for the Sixers, Mo Cheeks. He was, so he didn't get the publicity, per se. But I think the guys in the league, the ones I talked to for that story I did, were like, man, nobody wants to deal with him. What a pain in the butt. Like, I'm glad I was on his team. I didn't want to deal with him. That's yeah, how good a defender he was. And, and yeah, if you look at those all defensive teams from the eighties too, like, and you're especially looking at the guard positions, right? There's Jordan's basically making it every year after every he comes year. in the league. Um, Dumars Dennis, every year. Yeah. Dumars, Dennis Johnson's there. Mo Cheeks was making it. So Alvin Robinson kind of, like, there was a all lot of competition for those spots. So even to make it once did mean something. Um, but yeah, I didn't know, you know, I didn't, I was not really alive when he was playing. I can only really go back, watch film, talk to people that played against him or saw him play, but it's always good to get that perspective of, you know, are those steals numbers inflated? Cause I think sometimes people look at that today, or was this guy actually kind of a lockdown mm -hmm. defender? And it seems like from you talking to other people in the league, he was kind of that guy you did not want to deal with on a daily basis. No, he didn't. Full-time player, both sides of the ball. He was always Drew Holiday-esque where, you know Drew's going to be involved in all four quarters, and he's not going to go away. Drew Holiday is a perfect example of that. He's not going to go away. He's going to end up taking one of the late shots or making a big stop late in the game. Yeah. It, yeah, and I mean, if you're saying he's Drew Holiday, I mean, to me, that is one of the highest compliments you can give someone because Holiday is one of my my favorite players in the league. And then I, I selfishly, as someone who covers, you know, players, Hall of Fame, things like that, I hope he continues to stick around, put up some numbers here, yes. get far with Milwaukee, because he is slowly, slowly now building up a nice little I Hall agree. of Fame resume for himself. So he's not there yet, but he is he's, he's looking better than he was three or four years ago to me, I guess. Let's just put that way. I and, agree. He, and, and to my knowledge, I've never met Drew. I've never talked to him. But I've heard he's one of the nicest guys in the league, one of the best guys in the league. So I, I hope all success to him. Having covered the Hawks for a, couple, for a couple of seasons, I've had to obviously interview him after the postgame. Super nice, super – really as quiet as he looks. You know, he'll give you a your little couple minutes and he'll just – he'll, he'll thank you for interviewing him. He's one of those guys. So yeah. it, I, I hope that he gets five more years of what he's doing now, and that should be enough because he's really, really one of the better players in the league, regardless of how many all-star games he makes and all that stuff. I think guys in the league know that he's a really, he's a really, really good player. We have to bring you back in five and six years and and break and, down and his out. and break down his career. Yeah. Um. So so somewhere I I mentioned earlier I wanted to go here too was I have and I do this across all the you know baseball football basketball. Um, I have this. It's not. It's it's very flawed, but it's my methodology here. It's you know 
if you're top five at your position for the decade, doesn't mean you're a Hall of Famer by any means, but you got to be in the conversation. If you're top five for a decade, that that matters to me. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at the 80s and I was looking at point guards. And I and I want to I want your opinion on on kind of where fat ranks in, in the 80s at the point guard position. So at the very top, we have magic. And then we have Isaiah Thomas. We don't need to talk about that. No, we that, don't. No, that's we don't. one, two. Mm-hmm. And then third, I, you know, I slide Dennis Johnson DJ in there. And, and I feel I feel pretty good about that. Do you want me to slot him in there or do we? Because then I have a lot of people in the next ring. Do you think DJ deserves that three without a conversation? Or should I slot him in with these other names I'm about to go through with you? DJ's position at point guard only came into play when he got tra- when he signed with Boston. He was more of a scorer in Seattle for a long time and then came to one of the better teams in the league and had to find a role and play that role. Of course, he was super clutch most of the time. And Larry Bird said he's the best guy he's ever played with. So that means that he, that's legitimizing it no matter what. Larry Bird says you're the best guy you ever played with. You're awesome. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put DJ over Mark Price and, and Fat Lever in the 80s. Okay. Because of how those guys had a nice body of work for a long time at that point guard position. But DJ is a Hall of Famer in my book. Obviously, so, all of them for real. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna go Magic, Thomas, DJ. Now, this is a a hodgepodge group here, and I want to see where mm. you rank Fat Lever among these. And I will say, just because you brought Mark Price, who I have to do a future episode on, and kind of had a short career like Fat Lever, actually, which mm. you know is maybe the reason why we don't talk about Mark Price more. I considered Mark Price more in the nineties guards, would you, you, inc- you think of him more as an eighties guy instead of the nineties? I think of him more nineties. Do you, do you want to group him with the eighties guys here? Well, he got drafted in 85, but you're right. He didn't make his name and become that guy into the nineties. So that's fair. That's okay. fair. I'm going to leave but him see, out. Like, but like Stockton, Stockton got drafted in 84. And then by the nineties, he's like the guy. Yeah. So he had I'm, a lot of good years in the eighties. So let's leave he, him out. You're right. He did. I'm leaving Stockton and price out in my head. It's like, right, I 90s, think of them. Right. I think in nineties also Stockton played, Forever. That's his fault for doing that. So, so now here's the list I have, and I want to see where you have Fat Lever here. I have, I have Cheeks, who we talked about. Mm-hmm. I have Fat Lever, and then I have four other names here. I have Sleepy Floyd. I have Norm Nixon. I have Michael Ray Richardson, and I also have Derek Harper. So I have Cheeks. Sleepy Floyd, Norm Nixon, Michael Ray Richardson, Derek Harper. Where does Fat Lever rank among those guys for you? If you're counting a body of work, which is just body of work, correct? Ah, uh, right. Yeah, because Derek Harper played in some really big playoff games in the '90s for the Knicks. Maybe so we throw York, Derek Harper. Maybe we throw Derek yeah. Harper out too. He's '90s. Okay, yeah. Harper's out. So Michael All Ray right. Richard. Let's stick '80s. Michael Ray. Norm, Norm Sleepy Nixon. Floyd, Cheeks. Where does Lever Fat fit? Fat Lever is better than all those guys. In 1986, 1985, Michael Ray Richardson was better than all those guys that year. He was just, he was out of this world that year. First team all NBA for a very bad Knicks team. But other than that, his body of work can't, can't compete because Michael missed some seasons messing up, doing all kinds of stuff. Mo yep. Cheeks was never a scorer like, um, like Fat. So Mo Cheeks was on winning teams and he made teams better but he couldn't score like fast. I take him out. Norm Nixon, I love Norm Nixon, and I, and I wrote a story for Slam about him two years ago when I was a young guy. Great guy, but once he left the Lakers, his career kind of went off the table because now he's not playing in major league games now. Now he's at the Clippers in San Diego, 
and then they moved to LA and it was kind of like, but his body of work still can't compete. And Sleepy Floyd is my dude, but he played in Golden State when that franchise was the Sacramento Kings today. Like no one even cared. So Sleepy's got some cool numbers, but he didn't play any important games. So then now you're just comparing that to Sleep to Fat. No, he's not better than Fat either. So Fat Lever is my guy out of all those guys you named. And I have him kind of fourth too there. So so, yeah. so fourth in the 80s, which again, a lot of people look at, I'm a 90, I, I was born 89. So the 90s was when I was right. introduced to NBA. I fell in love with it. I look at the 90s as the glory days. I know a lot of people I talk to look at the 80s as the glory days. But again, in the 80s, point guards, Magic, Isaiah Thomas, again, Dennis Johnson, as you said, I mean, he won a finals MVP in the 70s. Then he played for Boston in the 80s. Exactly. But then we're but then we're talking fat lever. Nice. And, and 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 I think I would be curious if we talk to the average fan that was around during the 80s, watching basketball in the 80s, you know, would would they know fat lever before Mo, Mo Cheeks? Probably not. No. Before no. honestly, before like Norm Nixon, I no. don't know because of those Lakers years. Everyone knows early Norm. showtime. Early, and and, early and showtime. then he, even you know, sleepy, which Again, sleep. I, I was gonna say who had a better nickname, Fat or Sleepy. Those are are both kind Sleepy's of fun. Pretty good. Sleep, Sleepy's, Sleepy's pretty, good. pretty good. He had that fifty-one point outburst. I feel like everyone knows about. Everybody knows about that game. It, it's just Fat gets so lost in all of this, and and, and 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 he's ranked fourth. It's just it's hard to look at. And again, let's hit it now. You you just mentioned earlier, and it's a really good point. You said. Norm when he was on the Lakers, but then when he went to the Clippers, we kind of forgot about him because he wasn't on right. mainstream TV, right? Exactly. Um, Sleepy played in Golden State. No one cared, okay. so no one saw him. In the 80s, it was who you saw. You saw right. Magic. You saw Isaiah. You saw Dennis Johnson. You, you saw, saw Dr. Cheeks. J. You saw you Dr. Saw Dr. J. J. But you saw Cheeks. Exactly. If, if Fat Lever has a similar career, but it's in the 90s or more actually nowadays, 2000s, 2010s. We know every team. We know every player. Right. Are we looking at Fat Lever's career completely different or is Fat Lever remembered much more different than we're remembering him today? 100%. You're going to, we're always, 10 years from now, we're going to talk about Trey Young and say, oh my God, Trey Young, NBA Hall of Fame. He was amazing. And those Hawks teams are not going to get past probably um, Eastern Conference Finals maybe the second round. He's not going to win a championship. So he'll never be a champion and he'll be one of the better players. And we're going to look and say, wow, Trey Young had a great career. Never won a title, but man, because we see him on TV now, we can go get our local broadcast. I'm in Atlanta and I've seen Trey and I covered the team. I've seen Trey Young play every game he's ever played as a Hawk. I think I might've missed one game in person and maybe one on TV. So I've always seen him. So in my mind, I'm thinking best point guards in the league. Trey Young comes up my mouth immediately because I saw him. No one, unless you lived in Denver, saw Fat Lever at his best. You just didn't. Every now and again, the Lakers would play the Nuggets at 4 o'clock on a Sunday in the 80s. I remember seeing them, but I was a kid, and I was kind of like, eh, I want to see what the Lakers do, and then we're going to go outside and play. Today, you would have a chance to see it, YouTube, Twitter, etc. If a guy gets 31, 16, and 12, and 6 against one of the best players in the league, you know about it, and it's not a secret. I think for Fat Lever, most of his seasons were a secret. He only made two all-star teams, like two. That's crazy. We're talking about six or seven years where he was so dominant. He made two all-star teams. I'm glad I'm glad you brought up the all-star point because I think that's a negative, right? You look back at his career, you go to his basketball reference, you see two all-star games. Right. That's that's not a Hall of Famer. Again, the, into my memory, 
only guys with two all-star games in the hall of fame are it's, it's bill walton it's dennis rodman and th- that's those could not be more different than fat lever here exactly. but but the all-star game thing he made all nba second team and did not make the all-star team see what i mean so 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 so, so, so how can we even take that against him all nba right. second team he was also we we were i kind of i forgot to mention this earlier but he was top 10 in mvp two different seasons. He finished ninth in back-to-back years um, in the mid-80s. Mo Cheeks never finished. No. He never got an MVP vote. I guess that's what I'm saying. Top 10 MVP. And again, think of the 80s. If you look at the names ahead of him, it's 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 hilarious. It's Bird, Magic, Jordan, Dominique, like Moses Malone. Malone. And then we get Fat Lever. Look at those top 10. It's just Hall of Famers and Fat Lever. So, so, it is, it, we're not, like, you might be listening to this, be like, wow, these guys are really hyping up Fat Lever, and we're going to get no, to a not. few, we're going to get to a few points now of, again, other than the TV thing, like, maybe why he, he's not, never going to get the Hall of Fame, maybe things like that, and, and blah, blah, blah. But when he was at his peak of his powers, he was a top 10, top 15 guy in the NBA when right. there was a lot of concentrated talent there. His name right. was right among them. So he was one of the guys when the league had a guy on every team, and sometimes two in the case of Lakers and Celtics. Fat Lever was one of the better. When those teams played, Fat Lever was always one of the better players to play that day. Yep. That says a lot when Larry Bird's on the court and Magic Johnson's on the court and Dr. J and his prime is on the court and a young Michael Jordan's on his court and Barkley, who people don't understand how good Barkley was in 84, 85. Oh, and Fat Lever was still one of the better players on the court. That means yep. something. That has to mean more than just, oh, he was okay. Yeah. No, he was better than okay. He was better than okay. So I mentioned this a little earlier, and I just want to touch this again, because this is going to get maybe to more of the point of, you know, the big case against. So Fat Lever made, we just said he made two all-star teams. His final mm-hmm. one he made in 19, the 1989-90 season. He was 29 mm-hmm. years old. He put up 18 points per game, nine boards, uh, seven assists. Two steals. So again, a fantastic season. But this is this, this is really his last great season at 29. And I know you're an Atlanta guy. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Andrew Jones, your center fielder, uh, who's yeah. fighting in the Hall of Fame right now. One of and the should best, be in the Hall of Fame. One, and we, have an, we have an Andrew Jones episode. I agree with this, okay. but go listen okay. to that, uh, listeners, if you haven't. Andrew Jones, 10 amazing seasons, really. Unbelievable. And then he just falls off a cliff. He just falls right. off a cliff. Fat Lever, kind of a similar thing here. So he makes that all-star team in, 20, in uh, at 29 in that 90 season. And that's it. Then he gets traded Dallas. Next year, he plays four games for Dallas because of injury. The following season, only plays 31 games, only starts five games for and Dallas. Then, the next year, doesn't play at all. He got hurt again. He got hurt again. Yeah. Out for the whole season, comes back for Dallas for one last season, 94 at age 33, plays actually 81 games, starts 54, but, you know, nothing like his old no. self, and then no. he's out of the league. That's it. So was it just his knees, or are there – I've just read and been told it was his knees. Was there other body parts failing him? It was, just, it was just a knee – this is knee surgery back in the early 90s. This isn't today where a guy will, will, be, will be back in the midseason. Yes. Westbrook tears the ACL, MCL – and he's back, and he's better. That, that doesn't happen earlier. So, unfortunately, he was getting on in years. 
and he was and he was a smart guy with his degree in communications. He had a lot going for himself, and he can get on the TV, and he did TV forever after a while. He didn't need to try to hang on. You know, he made some good money during his career, didn't need to hang on, and that's unfortunate because if you take that career and make it 2003 instead of 92, he comes right back and plays three, four more years at, 30, at 32, 33 years old, but not now. Not then, I mean, not then. Yeah. And no, Dallas I mean, was a horrible franchise. They were terrible about they were terrible about players. This is all pre on Mark Cuban. So it was just a really bad situation being that he played his career in Dallas and Denver. Yeah. Two franchises in flux all the time. Yeah. I mean, again, as you said, if he played today, the injuries would be taken care of differently. He could prolong Absolutely. his career. It's again a proc of the time. And the, you know, there's he's not the only case that that happened a lot no, before a lot modern technology. He's just one of them. But again, he has that all-star season at 29 in today's NBA. When a player hits 29 in my head, he is still in his peak. He's just getting oh, to his, peak of his powers, right? He's, oh, he's yeah. been around now for nine or 10 seasons, but now he's, he's hitting, he he's figured everything out mm-hmm. and his career's over now. And he doesn't get to put up five, six, seven more seasons. He he's done. So again, he doesn't, get, his, he doesn't get to do what Chris Paul is doing right now. Still playing exactly. well into your mid thirties, late thirties and still having a major impact. Just maybe not the same exact stats he had a decade ago, but very important. Fat Lever would have been that. A guy on a championship-level team, 12 points a game, five assists, five steals, you know, kind of hanging around, but definitely important. He didn't get a chance to do that. He did not. So I do want to get to final verdict here. Um, This is where I'm going to ask you two questions, and then I'll answer them after you. The the first question for you is, you know, do you think Fat Lever should – be in the Hall of Fame? And then the second question will be to you, do you think he'll actually ever get into the Hall of Fame? Taking my personal preferences aside, because like I said, after I interviewed him, we became friends. He sent me a copy, a signed copy of the story after he saw it. And it was really cool. So now every now and again, I'll, I'll send him a Christmas card or something. So taking that personal stuff aside, no. No, you can't. Your career average can't be 14, 6, and 2, 2 steals, and 3.5 and assists, and be a Hall of Famer unless during that time, your team's won championships, a la Mo Cheeks or something. Fat Lever did not play on the best teams in the league. And those last three seasons take so much away from his career. Missing one, playing only in four games in one, then only playing a little bit in another. I can't lie and say that, that he belongs. Does he belong as a player? Yes, but so does Alex English. And he didn't miss any of these games, and he's not in. So if Alex English is not in, the Fat Lever has no shot at all. So the answer is both questions. Should he be? Yes. Is he going to be? No. So for my first, for the first, like, do I think he should be in? I think he was a Hall of Fame talent, but he's not going to be in the, I don't think he should be in the Hall of Fame. And it, yeah. it's really down to, it's the games played. Um, he didn't accumulate enough stats. He, you know, he ended his career with 10,400 points, 4,696 assists, 4,523 rebounds, Mm-hmm. 1,666 steals, which is a ton for 700 games, but that's due to the high right. average. If he has four or five more seasons and that points gets right. in the 15, 16,000, the assists creeps in the six, 7,000, the rebounds, then he, then he has it, I think, even without the championship, to be completely honest, because there's not too many players that get over 6,000 assists, 6,000 rebounds, and, you know, in that 15, 16, 17,000, points it's just that all-around right. versatility people care about and steals he would have been right top five all time he just he didn't have the length of career it reminds me a lot of penny hardaway 
who who honestly like to me was almost a 90s version of fat lever i think penny hardaway's peak was a little higher than fats but his career was just as short as fats and his points assists rebounds right around the same area as fat and he had a couple yeah. of all nba first teams there got the magic to the 95 finals with Shaq, but just mm. didn't play enough i Fat and Penny to me are very similar in, in that respective. And, and Penny's not in today. And if Penny's not in, I don't think Fat's going to get in. And then again, do I think he'll ever get in? I, I, I don't be because again, he hasn't really ever been a part of the conversation. The all time numbers aren't there again. He doesn't have championships to lean on. The accolades just aren't there. He just didn't play long enough. So I think hall of fame talent. I wish people remembered him more. I would love for him to get nominated. So we could talk about him a little more, but I just don't ever see it happening. Is Joe Dumas a Hall of Famer, right? He is. Fat Lee was way better than Joe Dumas every single year those two guys played together. Joe Dumas played on two championship teams. He was very crucial to Detroit. That's why Joe Dumas is in the Hall of Fame. Joe Dumas was not a better player than Fat Lever. If Fat Lever goes to the Detroit teams, those teams are better and they win. But Joe Dumas won. And that's the factor. So the Hall of Fame is fickle, but I understand. You didn't play somewhere where you made a difference in a championship. And you, because even with the, the just, just the healthy seasons, Valiba's numbers are way better than Joe Dumas's. But Joe Dumas has a finals MVP and he played on two finals teams. And that's, that says a lot. Yeah. And, and again, he can, you can kind of blame Magic Johnson, the Lakers, a little bit. They, they gave no one else really any publicity over there in the West. They, 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 own, they own that conference again outside of the Rockets a few times the whole decade. And, and unfortunately, right. Fat Lever's career, again, as we said, kind of ended by the end of the decade due to injuries. So mm-hmm. he didn't even have, you know, the early 90s to kind of make a name for himself in the West. When it was a little up for grabs where every year, whoever was getting to the, you know, to the finals out of the West was a different team. And again, they were meeting Jordan there. So I don't know if that would have changed anything in terms of championship inspirations. Have. But it again, <laughs> but again, his career just ended a little early. Um, so that is our fat lever episode. Um, before we get you out of here, I want to turn over to you. Is there anything you want to plug right now where people can find you on Twitter, all that good stuff? Well, just follow me on Twitter at Suggs, S-U-G-G-S, writer, W-R-I-T-E-R. I'm, I'm always tweeting about something, reality TV, NBA, NFL, just a whole bunch of stuff. And I have a lot of fun there. So please follow me there if you can. Go follow him there if you can. Also, uh, as, as Danelle mentioned earlier, he did write a, a article for Slam about Fat Lever that's excellent. That's actually how I decided to reach out to him. I was like, this article's excellent. We got to have him on. Google it. Go watch or go read it. And then again, the, the, the game he talked about against the Bulls earlier today. On YouTube. Google that. Watch it on YouTube. Check out Fat Lever. Even though we, we were saying he's not going to be in the Hall of Fame, he's a player from a great decade of basketball that we just don't talk about enough that, Hey, you can impress your friends next time at the bar when you name drop him. And then you look like the smart person at the bar. So go ahead and do that. Now, thank you so much for coming on. Had a blast. And again, we'll get you on for that drew holiday episode one day when he retires to talk about his hall of fame. Kansas. Totally. That, totally. Cause I feel like he's, he deserves it. That's awesome. All right. Well, take care and have a great week. Thanks for having me. You too. All right. I want to thank Danelle again for coming on today to talk about Fat Lever. Again, not a Hall of Famer, but a really great career that, again, if you didn't really know who, what, like if this was a first for you, you saw that name pop up, 
on Spotify or Apple Podcasts that you're like, Fat Lever, who is that? Really fun player to go look at. Another name I, we didn't bring up on the podcast that I would say similar plays, Rajon Rondo. Uh, probably a little more offensively ta- uh, talented Rondo. You know, could distribute the ball, could rebound, um, you know, kind of fill the box score up. Um, could play, Rondo played some defense early in his career, not so much at the end of his career. Um, but very similar, I would say, players um, in terms of the numbers they put up, um, the accolades they have, uh, et cetera. So uh, Rondo is behind him on the triple-double list with 32, but of course Rondo is the championship and you know a few more all-star appearances, uh, higher assist tools, things like that. But Rondo Lever, another one that kind of came to me later on of kind of a good comp of today's NBA. Uh, but that's all we have. So. If you don't already, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Pod of Fame, and we will talk to you next Monday. Have a great week. Yeah.